Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. This is your host, Martha Tyler. And this week I have brought on the fabulous, actually I've brought back on, it's yes. been so long, but the fabulous Parker Gidry. Sorry, I didn't mean to yeah. like, not get there, but yes, I, you were on for two episodes. That's right. I fully forgot about that until right now, as you mentioned it. <laughs> Almost five years ago. And we were talking about some very similar topics, being yes. a gender, gender within the domestic sphere. Yes, we were. And also divorce, which we will not be. We will not oh, be talking that's about. Okay. I forgot about that. Yes. <laughs> but yes. Um, welcome, Parker. I'm so glad to have you back. Hello. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, before we get started talking about our, our topic today of like gender and, and all that good stuff, um, I would love to hear your journey in childcare. I know that you have moved away from it now, but mm-hmm. I still want to know about it. Yes. I mean, it's it's been maybe five years. Yeah. Honestly, it's been five years. Mm-hmm. Um since I worked with kids, um, but I started, I mean, I, I always, when I was in high school, I was a babysitter, I was a camp counselor. Um, and then when I was in college, I started nannying part-time um, around my school schedule just to kind of, you know, make money. Right. Um, you know, living in the big city. Oh, yeah. Um, and that slowly moved to you know, nannying part-time. And then I also, uh, you know, like worked at a daycare at a gym for a while. And then I started nannying full-time and I did that for about three years. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's when you and I met. Mm -hmm. Um, we were in like a play group together with Leah Friars, who has also been on the podcast, yeah. and Taryn, who has also been on the podcast. I was going to say, they've both been on the podcast. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nanny Squad. We were the Ridge. We were the original Nanny Squad. Yes. I loved it. Um, wonderful. Well, thank you for uh, spelling that out for us, 
reintroducing yourself to listeners because it has been a really long time. And maybe there's some listeners who haven't listened to your episode. And if you haven't go back and listen to them because they are brilliant. Um, Highly recommend. I think at the first one, I like, I wasn't out as non-binary. So I think my, my pronouns have since changed, but know that that's a product of timing, not of Martha. (laughs) She's not misgendering me the whole time. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Yes, that is true. Um, but I'm so glad. Do you uh, tell folks, what are your pronouns? My pronouns are they, them, and theirs. Yes. Yes. Love it. Well, the reason that I asked you to be on the pod is, well, I actually asked you like almost two years ago now because you published, or yeah, 2018, you published this beautiful piece on Facebook. Um, (laughs) And immediately I wrote to you and was like, hi, I would love for you to talk about this on the podcast. Um, And you were like, I'm in a million shows because I'm a very talented and booked um, actor. So I cannot, um, actually you tried to work with me, but we just couldn't make our schedules match because we're busy folks. We're busy folks. Um, but now, now that theater is like not really a thing. Thanks pandemic. Thanks pandemic. (laughs) This, this podcast episode brought to you by the pandemic. Um, but I would love to start this off, uh, having you read that Facebook post because I just think it is so beautifully written and it kind of will set up our whole conversation (laughs) wonderful yeah um I mean a little bit of context this was this was a post that was kind of inspired I was walking down the street I was on my way to rehearsal I was doing a concert of like classical musical theater shows and I was playing Adelaide from Guys and Dolls in this Mm -hmm. concert And so I was like, you know, walking down the street, I had these like floral, like short shorts on and like some cute summer wedges. It was the middle of the summer. (laughs) Um, Or I guess not the middle of the summer. It was exactly two years ago. So September, but hot. Yes, Um, hot right now. It's hot right now. So, (laughs) Um, and there are these little kids who like kind of, they were like playing on the sidewalk, you know, their parents were, chit-chatting you know whatever and one of them straight up was like why is that man dressed like a lady and you know their parents were like immediately embarrassed and you know like profusely apologizing and oh my goodness so I'm so sorry and that whole interaction like originally I was I kind of blew it off and I was like oh you know it's not a big deal um, and like, obviously these parents mean well, they're not like bigots by any mean. Um, but the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, it, it made me sad that their initial reaction was fear, mm-hmm. um, and try to just like toss it into the rug when I to talk about it. Right. So then I wrote this post and I will read it now. Yeah. Um, I've worked with kids a lot. They are not intrinsically malicious. So when your child asks me whether I'm a boy or a girl, or if they loudly ask you why that man is dressed like a lady as I walk past, don't shush them. Don't tell them it's rude to ask or stare and don't apologize to me in embarrassment because they're children and they're curious. 
And while trans and non-binary people are more common to come by than you think, we aren't always super noticeable. And it's true that I'm often a lot more noticeable than most because I am a very flamboyant dresser 90% of the time. And very fabulous. <laughs> so when children do notice us, it's natural to for them to want to know more because they're seeing something they've never seen before. And they're, that means they're going to ask questions. And shaming them from asking those questions teaches them to be afraid of us. And it sends the message that we're not people, trans and non-binary people are not people that kids are allowed to get to know or better understand. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, it sends the message that if they see themselves reflected in us, then it's something that they should be ashamed of. And that's gonna stay with them for way longer than any of us even realize. Right. Um, so instead, use it as a teaching moment. Teach them that people can look and dress however they like, no matter what their gender is. Teach them the word gender instead of boy or girl or man or woman. Um, I promise you they can understand the concept. Maybe not fully, but their working knowledge of it can only grow once you plant that seed. Um, teach them that if they want to ask someone to ask what their pronouns are, they don't need to know the exact grammatical function of a pronoun, you know, but <laughs> they just need to know that it is, it means how we refer to a person. Um, you know, something that we talk about all the time is kids are a lot more smart, are, are a lot smarter and they're more absorbent than we think they are. They can be socially and emotionally intelligent if you allow them and encourage them to be. Hmm. And the best part is if you teach them this, then you don't have to keep apologizing for them each time they see a trans person and ask about them on the street. You educate yourself so that your kids are educated so that trans people can walk to the grocery store and smile and say hi and go about their day. And it's a win-win-win. It absolutely is. Thank you. I'm going to clap a little. Um, <laughs> um, no, I, I, I agree with that so much. And I, it also makes me think about all of the opportunities for when we are working with kids, allowing them these opportunities to not be in these like tight, tight boxes of gender, mm -hmm. because I feel like I see it happen so often. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it really breaks my heart a lot. Um, when, when, you know, a, a kid wants a, a, a boy wants to put on a dress mm -hmm. and, and you watch them learn that that's quote unquote wrong, oh, yes. you know, and like, seeing that moment happen destroys me. Yeah. Every time it does. Yep. I remember when I was a nanny for a young boy who was, gosh, one and a half at the time. I mean, he was old enough to be um, running around on the playground by their house. Um, and he was singing The Little Mermaid 
And this woman was like, why are you singing that song? That's a princess song. And I was just like, what? <laughs> He's singing it because we just watched that movie like this afternoon as like our movie Friday. Like, what are you yeah. talking about? That's a princess song. Also, it's a good song. It's a really good song. <laughs> um, but it was just like, I was like, wow, it, it, it really is you know, 14, 16 months old, where we're telling kids, no, no, that's for boys. No, no, that's for girls. Mm-hmm. And I think about it a lot, even like, cause you know, I don't, I don't take care of kids a lot anymore, but you know, I have a lot of people in my life with kids. And so I'm sending birthday cards and things like that. And birthday cards are really hard to come by that are not like super, super gendered. Yeah. Where it's like, happy birthday to the prettiest girl in the, in the ca- prettiest <laughs> princess in the castle or something like that. And, or, or it's like, you know, a bunch of superheroes being like, hope your birthday is a smash, bro. And it's like, what? What, what are we, we doing? We are just like a, a, like a fun birthday card. <laughs> Yes. I have found a lot of success um, in the the sloth mm-hmm. uh, section. Of the, I mean, there's not a whole section, but like if I see a sloth on a card, I it usually isn't quite as gendered. I love it's that we have. Neutral. Yeah, I love that. Because there are, like, we assign... I love that sloths are the, gen- the gender-neutral animal. <laughs> really feel like they are. <laughs> Non-binary icon, the sloth. Yes, the sloth. I can't. <laughs> I love it. Um, but, yeah, it is... It is... It's it's so pervasive um, in the kid world. And it, it has so... Um, I curate books for my kiddos because Mm -hmm. in another life, I would probably be a librarian and this is my opportunity. You would be a fantastic librarian. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) That is very meaningful to me. (laughs) Um, I, so I find books. I currently literally have 43 books checked out of the library right now. It's like, well, there's no late fees anymore. So there's no late fees. So <laughs> it's all good. Um, but so I brought a bunch of um, books, especially in June, because the librarians just lined them up, you know, for pride. And so I was just like this one and this one, and this one. Yep. I just scooped them all into my bag. Um, and uh, one of the books that I I brought was um, Pink is for Boys. Mm-hmm. And I am currently nannying boys and their immediate reaction to just the cover, they did judge the book by its cover. Wow. Well, um, <laughs> it's a saying. Yeah. <laughs> was, um, was not, Pink isn't for boys. Uh, and so then we had this really lovely discussion. I, I was able to like seize the teaching moment of, um, I was like, well, I actually know a lot of boys that really love the color pink. Um, and they were like, huh. And then one of them goes, well, yeah, my dad does like the color pink. And I was like, 
Yeah. See, <laughs> like if you push against it a little bit, it falls apart because it's so paper thin anyway. Like the logic behind all of this gender stuff is very paper thin anyway. 100%. But it, that's, this is what I mean by kids are so absorbent is that like, they not only picked up that it's a thing, but they picked up on it that it's a thing that like people have visceral reactions to. Right. Yes. And, and that makes kids scared. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. And I, I loved in what you wrote about um, folks doing their own work too, like caregivers doing their own work around this. Yeah. Um, because I think that that's a really, really important piece. Yeah. Um, that gets so, overlooked a lot. <laughs> yeah. I think for both like parents and caregivers, I think one of the, so there's like, there's a, a number of, a myriad of fears that come along with, you know, child rearing. <laughs> and one of those is that like, you're not going to be able to adequately take care of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I see this in parents a lot and maybe, maybe perhaps in caregivers as well, but it's like subconsciously Mm -hmm. they are scared. Not only they're scared that they don't have the tools to explain this appropriately Mm -hmm. to their child Two, they're scared that their child might identify with this trans or non-binary or queer representation that they see in front of them. Mm-hmm. Because if they because if they do identify with that, then three, they're scared that not only do they not know how to explain this to their kids, they don't know how to support their kids anymore in this way. Right. And that I think is like a deep fear that stems from like, what if they're bullied at school? I have no trans friends, so I have no idea how to raise a trans child. And it's it's not so much a like, it's not so much that you are bigoted or prejudiced or hate trans or queer people. It's that like, it's a, it's a fear of like, I have no idea what to do mm-hmm. if this becomes my reality now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where I'm like, it doesn't take, you know, I mean, yes, I've done years of research on it because it's my personal experience, but like, um, just to familiarize with things, it just takes a little bit of Googling and a little bit of searching to like, get used to some lingo and all of this stuff. Um, I, for, uh, what day was it international pronouns day so for some day this year for my day job I made like a talking about gender 101 like quick sheet of like things and terms to know and understand um because I kept running into so many people who are like I just don't know how to talk about this mm-hmm. um I was like cool if that's the first step to fixing this let's take it yeah let's do it yeah so that's um, what you mean by like educating yourself. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And I do think it can feel overwhelming. And I think that um, I am a recovering perfectionist. Um, and I think a lot of 
people that go into nannying are recovering perfectionists. What, what do you mean? <laughs> um, and so I, I think that there also is this um, worry of messing up, right? Yes, yes. And I think that that gets in our way a lot mm-hmm. of like, well, if I mess up the pronouns, then what do I do? Mm-hmm. Um, in the, you know, in the moment with the person or like, if I mess up teaching my nanny kids about this or my kids about this, like then it, it, they're scarred for life. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, let's bring it back down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like one, if you mess up in the moment with a pronoun with a non-binary or trans person, say the correct pronoun move on yeah it's very simple <laughs> the the apologizing profusely i think a lot of people have that um they they think that that's what they're they're supposed to do because no. because i think that they're trying to show how important it is to them so yes so here's the deal with here's the deal yeah with you tell me about it <laughs> oh yeah here's the thing with apologizing profusely is that i i understand that in that moment, you are trying to say, no, 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 I promise I'm not like anti-trans. I promise I'm like an ally. And I'm like, cool. The impotent, the, the thing is, is now it becomes less about you actually being an ally and you proving to me that you were an ally. And then by saying, sorry, it becomes my obligation to, you know, absolve you of that. And on top of being misgendered, which being misgendered has its varying levels of um, pain that it causes mm-hmm. different people at different times. Um, so like for me personally, if I don't know you very well, or if we don't have like a regular relationship where we're constantly around each other, if you accidentally misgendered me, once I'm like it really doesn't matter to me I've you know I've reached a point in my life where I'm like I know who I am no matter what people say so for you to sit there and be like oh my god I'm so sorry I didn't mean to offend you in so many ways I'm like this is thinking really highly of like you're putting a lot of emphasis on you and that's not in a mean way I'm just letting you know like it didn't really affect me that much right not to say some people do some people like feel misgendering as like you know death of a thousand cuts where it's a thousand tiny cuts where it's just like every time someone calls me the wrong pronouns it just eats away at me so it's always good to be conscious of that but at the end of the day apologizing profusely really just means that they have to forgive you when maybe they don't want to or don't need to so my advice is always if you call someone by the wrong pronouns and you catch yourself, just say, apologize. You, you're like, sorry, they were saying blah, 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 and move on. Mm-hmm. If someone corrects you, thank them rather than apologizing. Because then it's like, thank you for giving me that correct note that so-and-so's pronouns are this. This is what they were saying, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that is, uh, Parker and I have both been in theater for a long time and um 
I, I feel like that is something that's known in the theater world that I wish could be expanded out into a lot. It's like, take the note, say thank you, and then correct it on your and time. Implement it. <laughs> yes, on your time. Like yeah. not on the director's time, not on the rest of the cast time, not on the non-binary or trans person's time, mm-hmm. on your time. Right. <laughs> um, and... I was telling Parker before we started recording this episode is one of the ways that I chose to start practicing they, them pronouns is I play D and D for funsies and cause it's a very fun game. And I chose to make my character non-binary so that we could all practice they, them pronouns. And I also was saying like, I think it's a really good, um, like storytelling too, because wizard elf, like elves are kind of non-binary anyway. <laughs> like, you know? Honestly, that is brilliant. I had never even thought about that. Like, that's wonderful. I also tell people so many, th- like, I'm like, are you on Instagram? And people will say, yes. And I'll be like, cool. Did you know that all of your notifications use they, them pronouns when on, on Instagram, people will be like, what do you mean? I'll be like, if you look, it'll be like, so-and-so mentioned you in their story. Mm-hmm. So-and-so liked your comment on their post. And we don't think twice about it right. until people, until it's pointed out to us. And then you're like, oh my God, we do use it. In a pretty regular time. way. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. I also did want to say one more thing about the apologizing profusely is that an actual apology is four steps. So if you want to apologize, then first you must say what you were sorry for, and then you have to say why it was inappropriate. And then you have to uh, tell the other person what you're going to do differently next time. And then you ask for forgiveness. And I'm not saying to do those things whenever you misgender someone, but I'm saying the word sorry, I have really tried to like cut just using that word out Mm -hmm. Um, because for me, I was using it so often that it lost all meaning and it wasn't aligned with my values anymore. Yes. I have made this change in my life as well, as well, where rather than, saying it and or for me it's anytime I say sorry or I apologize I will say like I apologize I did this incorrectly and moving forward I will do this instead right because then relationship tool it is (laughs) it definitely is as a in training marriage and family counselor (laughs) (laughs) I will say it is a great step um So yes, I think that that's one thing. Another thing that I do in my nannying day Mm -hmm. is whenever we are out and talking about folks that we see, Mm. I use they, them pronouns. I think that's really smart. Yeah. I try to not assume gender when we're out and about. Yeah. Because you really, you really never know. I mean, that's, that's, that's. A tough thing is because most people meet me and they're like, and just by looking at me, they're like, what are your pronouns? Because it's very clear that I'm not cis. Um, 
cisgender is a term that means you identify with the gender that you were assigned at birth, for those of you who don't know. Um, and we we typically say cis for short. Mm-hmm. Um, so people can generally tell that I'm not cis and they're like, mm, what do you pronounce? But I know so many people who are non-binary, but, per, but still present as the gender that they were assigned at birth. You know, I have a friend of mine who was like, you know, I listen, I listen to heavy metal. Um, I like, you know, hunting and I like skateboarding and I was assigned male at birth. You know, I don't wear dresses or makeup or fingernail polish. And I wear a lot of like Navy and gray. Um, but I'm still non-binary and it sucks that like people just look at me and assume that I'm a cis man. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's 100% valid. Yeah. I did want to say cis is spelled C I S. If anyone is like listening to this and wants to go look things up, um, it's not S I S just so you can Google. Not like sis. <laughs> Not like sis. <laughs> yeah. I just, because it can be tricky and I am a, a very bad speller. So uh, I have, I have, sometimes I text my dad and I'm like, I don't even know how to look this word up. Like yes. I can't get close enough. <laughs> that has not happened in a while, but in high school, I would like go downstairs and ask him how to spell words all the time. Every now and then my mom, when my mom discovered the like um, voice memos on her iPhone, <laughs> she'd be like, hey, how do I say, how do I spell this? <laughs> and like, That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's actually a really good idea that I'm stealing. <laughs> Thank you to your mom. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I, I, I am curious about how, so let's say they're, they're nannies listening and they are like, um, they're like, cool. I, I do want to, um, turn these, these moments into teachable moments, mm-hmm. but I'm feeling really overwhelmed and lost, um, mm-hmm. as to like, how to start. Um, I know that we, we said like some pretty even light Googling, um, will, will be helpful. Um, what are some other things that nannies can do and caregivers can do to start helping themselves learn and then helping translate that to the children in their care? Um, Well, I think kind of like you mentioned that you curate books, I think looking for and participating in some of the more inclusive media Mm -hmm. um, and that in itself, you can Google, you know, like kids shows with LGBT representation, kids shows with queer or trans or non-binary representation. And it's surprising that there is like a, a wealth of, I mean, nowadays, of TV shows and things like that. And you can find them on, you know, even Disney plus, you know, Mm -hmm. Netflix, Hulu, wherever. Um, So like, that's a start. Um, 
you know, and introducing to your kids and then, you know, any opportunity that kids, you know, say, once you start paying attention to it, you can really catch the moments where kids are like, I'm doing this because this is a boy thing. I'm doing this because this is a girl mm -hmm. thing. Um, you know, like challenging them in a way that's like, well, that's not really, you know, like that's not really a boy thing. That's not really, that's not really just for girls. Um, you know, if, if kids are, because part of it is exposure, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and you're like, what if we, you know, live in a very, you know, maybe conservative town or a place where either there aren't a lot of trans people, I guarantee you there are trans people, but maybe right. it's not safe for them to be out visibly in public um, as their authentic selves. And so if you're like, well, the, if there's less exposure for my kids, how do I, how do I, do how do I figure that out? And I think that's through the stories that you can read them, um, the movies or TV shows that you can watch together, the media that you participate in. Um, if you are, you know, playing dolls or action figures, and maybe you're coming up with your own characters, similar to the way you did with your, you do with your D and D. It's like well, this is actually um, so-and-so and they're non-binary. Mm -hmm. Or like, this is my Barbie, but she really loves to play soccer and she really loves to, you know, like find ways to show your kids that the things that they enjoy are not gender specific. They're just things that they enjoy. Yeah, yeah. I read this book um, called uh, This Is How It Always Is. And it's um, the story of uh, this couple that had, I think they had four boys and they really wanted a girl. And so they were like trying again and they had a, a fifth boy assigned at birth. Um, and then that kid comes out at the age of five um, as trans. And so, and they live in this, I think they live in Portland and it's like really, you know, like mm -hmm. <laughs> open and like, and, uh, and then they have to, they have to move, um, for like work reasons and they go to like a more small conservative town. And so for the first time in her life, this child actually experiences, pushback and um bigotry mm. and all of that and uh I, th I think the the kid's name is poppy um i think that's true but i'm not positive i, I read it a long time ago anyway um she is like i'm not a girl anymore i'm gonna go back to being a boy like i yeah heartbreaking but my favorite part and the reason that i'm bringing this um up is because her four brothers then go, okay, we'll teach you how to be a boy. You can't read those books. You can't like have, I mean, they just go through this like really um, heartbreaking list of all the things that they are experiencing as boys that they are told that they're not allowed to do. Oh my God. It's like such a beautiful scene in this book. Um, 
And it really helps her. She's like, okay, well, I don't want any of that. (laughs) And so, Uh yeah. And so I, but I just, I also say that because even if your child is cis, there's a lot of damage that we do with gender roles in general. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm just saying that, like, because sometimes I think that we get in this mind frame of, like, if we don't have to talk about it, why talk about it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, and so... Or that fear that you were talking about earlier of like, what if my child does see themselves in that? And it's like, well, sure, that, you know, cross Mm -hmm. that bridge. But it's also like, what if my child doesn't see themselves? (laughs) There's still a reason to do this work. Yes, 100%. 100%. Hey, listeners. Did you know that Chronicles of Nania is now on Patreon? If you head over to patreon.com slash chronicles of Nania, you can gain access to bonus episodes, ad-free episodes, early release episodes, and you gain access to a Facebook group that's Patreon only. So it's other listeners just like you where you can ask questions in real time. I interact on that group. It's a really fun place to be. I wanted to let you know about November's bonus episode. So for the month of November, I recorded an episode with Sarah, the modern nanny, talking about the book, Set Boundaries, Find Peace. It's a really wonderful conversation that was helpful to both her and for me, and I'm sure will be helpful for you too. So if you head on over to patreon.com, slash Chronicles of Nania, you can sign up for the wardrobes tier and gain access to that bonus episode and all other bonus episodes as well as ad-free episodes and that Facebook group. Check it out. We would love to have you in the Facebook group. It's a really fun place to be. And nothing's changing about the way that I produce Episodes. So you will always have free access to the episodes right here in your feed, wherever you're listening. But if you want more, it's there for you over at Patreon. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of the show. But yeah, it is. And, and I took a, a um, women's studies class in college, like you do. And um, she gave us, our professor gave us a list and she was like, because we had one guy in the whole class. Um, and she was like, so everyone except whatever, Fred, uh, go ask some guy friends to do anything from this list. Um, and it was, there were things like carry your books with your arms crossed in front of your chest or paint your fingernails any color that isn't black. Or it was like really basic things. And the, the point that she was making is how constrictive it is, how constrictive we make being a boy. Mm -hmm. We, we talk about, this is very, this is a very good point because we talk about, we talk a lot about how sexism and patriarchy um, limits women Mm -hmm. 
but it also severely limits men as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a sense, it stifles them. And I understand the want to gravitate towards gender roles because it gives you like a blueprint, right? It gives you like these, you know, like these are the things that I can do to feel a sense of safety and security in who I am as a person in this world. But these rules have become so rigid that it's having the opposite effect where people are like, well, I got to do this if I want to feel like a man or like, you know, I don't feel you know, this, this, and that. So like, I don't feel like I'm a woman right now and, and no one wants to date me because I, and that's a whole other topic of like right. feeling like you have to be attractive to someone to have value. But, but I do think we see it play out with like motherhood of yes. like, Ooh. I have to mother in these certain ways. Yeah. And it's like, nah, you don't. Mm. I honestly wish, I wish, you know, we didn't gender kids at all and let them kind of figure it out as they grow up. Obviously we are, we are generations upon generations away from that concept, but um, I think people also have this weird idea that gender is fixed. Right. And it's one thing always and forever. Um, And so people are really scared to explore, you know, experimenting with gender um you know guys being like well i'm not a i'm not trans you know but i like wearing dresses but i'm not trans and i'm like that's cool (laughs) (laughs) um you know and so one of my friends was like well i don't know if i am maybe i am maybe i'm not i don't know and i was like well you can always try it and if and you know like for me I would, I felt more comfortable with my pronouns after one of my friends like insisted on using them for me. Mm. And I was like, Oh, this does make sense. Right. So my pronouns are they, them. And then another friend of mine did the same thing. And he was like, you know what, actually, like I've tried it and maybe I'm like, I'm just a cis man who is overtly feminine and I'm comfortable with that. Right. And you know, like the range that we're allowed to have expands when we're not scared to color out of the lines. Yes, it, it really does. And, and I, I think that when we're working with kids, we're trying to give them the world, right? Like we're trying to set them up for success in life. Um, and and in, in, this is a way that we as a culture really hold kids back. Mm-hmm. And nannies, we have a really great opportunity to open that up for kids. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, it's a great opportunity, but it also is a little scary because you're also like as a nanny or as, you know, a third party caregiver, you're like, I want to educate and expand and help these kids grow, but I also have to acknowledge that they are not my kids. Right. And, you know, luckily everyone that I've worked for has been very um, forthcoming and and open-minded and generous in the ways that they approach LGBTQ people. 
but that's not the case for everyone's parents. So you no. do have to navigate that and prepare yeah. yourself for that. Um, and that's why I really loved the example that you said of like, even something as simple as my Barbie plays soccer. Like she yeah. loves soccer. Like mm-hmm. it does not have to be like this Barbie's non-binary. Like it doesn't, yeah. there are increments. You can find what feels, um, f- you feel like serves the family that you are working with the best. Right. Because there are families where that's, it's not going to serve them to bring in a bunch of books about non-binary. Mm-hmm. Like that might cause more trouble than, yeah. um, than be helpful. Um, I, I did want to say that I have always worked for families that have been really open about it too. And I really appreciate that. Cause I know yeah. some of them listen and I like, <laughs> I really appreciate that. They're always like, go wild. <laughs> like as much as you can educate, please do. I had one family that I worked for, um, that like, I, at the time, my whole social media was really just like posting about the kids because that was, you know, my entire life at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I posted about like having to put like the younger brother's like hair in up in like his older sister Barrett's because he was such a messy eater. Um <laughs> that like he would get it all over his face. And I was like, this is the only way it's not long enough to like put in a ponytail or, you know, push back. And so I was like, I'm putting barrettes in your hair. And their dad was like, you know, we all thought it was funny, but, and we were just like casually talking one day and their dad was like, but my parents were really uncomfortable with that. And I was like, what? Yeah. And he was like, he was like, it was this weird moment of having to like educate, you know, my kids' grandparents that like putting barrettes in in a boy's hair is one, totally fine. Two, highly suggested if he's a messy eater. (laughs) Yes, yes. Like make it not, make yourself not have to work harder. I was like, I even put a blue one in his hair. <laughs> he was like, I know. So <laughs> he even chose the boy color. Um, I was one of, I was growing up, I was obviously, I was um, socialized as, as a boy, but I was one of those boys who loved pink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when I was little, I, my first like argument that I remember getting in with my mom was that I wanted to be the pink Power Ranger for Halloween. And she made me be the red Power Ranger oh. because the pink Power Ranger was a girl. And I was like, but I just want to be the pink one because I like pink and I like pterodactyls. We're yes. talking OG Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, by the Obviously. way. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> pterodactyls yeah. are my favorite dinosaur. Pink is my favorite color. This is the perfect amalgamation of things that I love. Why can't you let me have this? Yes, I totally agree. And I, as a girl growing up, didn't really care for pink. Love purple, didn't care for pink. And like, that's fine too. Yeah. I was always attracted to jewel tones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and- Think about Martha, would make a great librarian. 
always attracted to jewel tones. These go hand in hand. <laughs> they really do. They really, they really do. Um, but yes, uh, I, I just, I think that you can have a bigger impact as a nanny in so many ways. And I think that this is an area that I haven't heard (laughs) really be discussed for caregivers Mm -hmm. um, in particular. And so I did, I, I wanted to talk about it because I also want for listeners, if, if this episode makes you feel uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. I invite you and encourage you to examine why. Is it that fear element of like, I mean, it could be several different types of fears. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it, is, I mean, most of all, probably fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. And I encourage you to like, watch those kids shows yourself. Like you don't have to show your nanny kids those. Watch them yourself. There's some really good ones. Watch Steven Universe. Yes. Watch Steven Universe. Um, I love, I'm, I'm like trying to rattle things off the top of my head. I've got a book. Um, when Aiden became a brother is an excellent kid's love book. Love that one. Yeah. Um, I also love, this is a graphic novel, but it's called The Prince and the Dressmaker. Yes. Love that one. Um, this is how it always is, is a novel. Uh, I would highly recommend a good kids book is Julian is a mermaid. Mm-hmm. Love that one as well. Yes. What did I just start watching on Disney Plus? I mean, Owl Luca House. is. Oh, sorry. What? Owl House. Owl House. I haven't heard um, of that. It's like a it's like a kids TV show. I think it's like ten minute episodes kind of situation. Nice. Like um, But it's it's a little about. It's kind of like what you were talking about, like the main character is a girl, but she's not into girl things. Yeah. And, you know, like it kind of expounds on that. Also, She-Ra. Yes. Yes. Is another great one. Mm-hmm. She-Ra and the Princess of Power. You know. And and then like, you know, if because that's, that's, I think, something I think people are sort of like trying to figure out is like, okay, some of these kids shows are a little more like femme centric. Mm-hmm. Um, so like things, there's the dragon prince, mm-hmm. which has some LGBT characters, not necessarily some trans or non-binary characters, but like a step in that direction of like expanding kids. And it's all about dragons and magic and all of this fun stuff. So, you know, like it takes figuring it out. Yeah. yeah. Figure out where you are, sit with it, mm-hmm. and then build from there. Yeah. Luca, excellent. Oh, I love Luca. Like, it's just a, it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. And um, like, not outwardly queer at all. Right. And it's, you know, pretty, I mean watching it I was like this is either about being queer or trans or both mm-hmm. um you know it would be nice to see more stories that were like openly about these things but right. you know yeah 
This is the first stop. Yeah. Yeah. So in conclusion, in conclusion, <laughs> I, I do really encourage, uh, this is kind of a challenge for, for nannies out there mm -hmm. to find little ways. You can also find big ways, but find little ways to incorporate more about LGBTQ in general into your nanny world. Mm -hmm. um, and especially like non-binary, cause it, it also is how the future is going to be. Like, yeah. this is the direction we're moving. Much like people said, you know, you should take Spanish or Chinese as your language because that's the direction the world is moving. Learning to use they, them pronouns with ease is the direction the world is moving. And it's already English. Yes. And <laughs> Shakespeare wrote with they, them pronouns. Shakespeare and one of the Brontes. And mm -hmm. like, I saw this whole list of like classic authors who wrote with they, them pronouns. Yeah. Before you say anything about historical use of they, them, do some research. Yes. Yes. So. Yeah. Um, and another thing I don't want to talk about, because yeah. something that we always run into. Is that. Trans and queer people are so often coded into being too adult. Mm. Um, for for kids. And, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, and it's and it's you know, thrown around as like, oh, it's, you know, they're too young to understand and this, that, and the other. But I'm like, if they're young enough to understand, I don't like pink because I'm a boy. They're young enough to understand the ways in which gender is expanding and our idea of it. And that like, not everyone is just a boy or a girl, or sometimes people are born a certain way, but maybe that person is a girl or a boy or someone in between or none of those things. Right. And at the end of the day, it's teaching kids about respect. It's not about, you know, it's how do we talk about people? You know, if someone asks me to call them this, I'm going to call them that. And that's the end of the conversation. Um, yeah. And that makes me think of like, I almost every nanny kid I've ever had has gone through a phase where they want to be called different names. Yeah. And, you know, and like respect that one to the best of your ability. Um, Cause there are times that I'm like, I'm working with three kids. I'm like, what name are you right now? I don't know, but to the best of your ability, respect that. That's a great way to like model. Um, yeah. It's like, okay, today your name is princess harriet like sure let's do Great. it um, thanks for letting me know and then use that yeah um because i do think that that's a natural thing that kids do they try on different identities mm -hmm. we all do because they're growing yes and they're trying to see what works and what fits for them and i agree with you about the shame piece being so crucial here because it's like if they try on an identity and they get this huge reaction from mm -hmm. their caregivers of like, no, 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 no. 
then shut it down and lock it away. Yes. And that's so sad. And it takes years of therapy. So as a future therapist, I guess, thanks, because I'll have work, but don't do it to your children. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that that's I'll have work no matter what. (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say that's it. I think everyone should be in therapy. I think it's, you know, therapy in itself is a stigma of only people who are at a certain point of mental you know, poor mental health should go to therapy. And I'm like, no, it's, it's fully for everyone, but. It's for everyone. Gosh, please go to therapy. I'm in therapy and it's so good. Same. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> um, like it, it really has been the reason that I've survived pandemic. Um, and, and, but I was in it for years before that too. Okay. Um, but it's really been crucial during pandemic <laughs> for me. Um, but yeah, I, oh, I know the other thing that I, I did want to ask uh-huh. more about is in that moment, let's say it happens for a caregiver tomorrow mm-hmm. that a kid is like, look at that man in a dress. Yeah. Like, what are some things if you haven't, if you just listened to this podcast and you haven't like laid the groundwork yet, what are some things in that moment that can be respectful all around, respectful to the child, respectful to the person, respectful all around? I mean, my instinct is to be like, well, we don't know if that's a man necessarily, but that is a beautiful dress. Mm -hmm. Love that. You know, kind of like we, it, it is, it is, a skill that you do have to, you know, work on, but it's like finding the positive thing and focusing on that while also being like, just a reminder, we don't know stranger, a stranger's gender. So, you know, maybe this person has, you know, facial hair, but they look great in that dress. I love the, I love the pattern on it, you know? Um, something like that you know um and if people are like is that a boy or a girl and just simply you know kids ask me that all the time are you a boy or a girl and I just kind of like get down on their level now there's two different ways mostly kids are not malicious sometimes they get to a point where they're like saying it in like a way that's to like taunt you right and I don't really necessarily meet them at that level um but most of the time I'm just like, oh, you know, I'm kind of like a little bit of both, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just me personally. Um, but if they're like, is that a boy or a girl? Then I would just be like, well, we don't really know. You know, people can be whoever they want to be, um, whether that's a boy or a girl or somewhere in between or not at all. One of those things. Yeah. And, you know, like, you know, their heads might be blown, their minds might be blown for a little bit, but eventually they'll grasp onto that concept that like, oh, and then that opens the door for you to be like, well, what does it mean to you to be a boy or a girl? Mm, That's the teaching moment. And that's where kids are like, you know, for me to be a boy, that means I do this, this, and this. And that gives you a number of things to be like, well, 
I have a friend who's a girl who does this. And I have a friend who's a girl who does that. So that's not really what it means to be a boy. Just like wearing a dress is not really mean you're a girl. Yeah. Um, so kind of flipping it on this head and you could do that the same, you could do that as well with like kids talking about, I don't want to do this because that's a girl thing. Mm-hmm. Just being like, why do you think it's a girl thing? And it's like, well, only girls do it. Okay. But like, why, you know, like, what about painting your nails is only a girl thing? What about playing with superheroes is only a boy thing? You know? Yeah. yeah. That's a that's a really wonderful way to approach that. Um, also, what you were saying reminded me of another book that I do recommend for kids. Um, and adults, if you want to read it too, but it is a children's book uh, called My Maddie. And it's about a non-binary parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's really lovely. And in it, it goes through, it's from the point of view of the child. It's like, My Maddie loves sporks mm-hmm. because they're not spoons. They're not forks. They're a little bit of both. And like yeah. all this stuff. And like, I love my Maddie when I, or when I hug my Maddie, I feel the facial hair and the, the silkiness of their dress. Like it's yeah. just really lovely. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I'm not to find that. Yeah. It's good. Chicago public libraries does have it. <laughs> no, good I wish that I had the cash to buy all these books, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 43 books from the library. <laughs> they are. And, and rightfully so. I mean, they're, they're Correct. gorgeously drawn and really well-written, but, um, but they are expensive. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you wanted, you were hoping or anything that came up for you? No, I think we've touched on everything when you, when you were like, Hey, let's talk about this. I think I, I like, thought about a few things, but we've, we've naturally touched on all of them. So I don't think, I don't think so. Wonderful. Well, is there anything you want to plug? When the holiday season comes around, if your nanny family celebrates Christmas or partakes in watching Christmas movies, uh, I would highly recommend watching Christmas again uh, on Disney channel. And you may or may not see a familiar face on the show. I'm very excited about that. (laughs) Where else uh, may or may not more may uh, someone, someone see you if they, if they want to find out more about you. Well, this is not a children's show, but if you do want to watch uh, seasons one of two, one and two of work in progress on Showtime, uh, which is filmed here in Chicago, and I absolutely love it. Um, other than that, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is Parkour Pierre P A R K O U R. Um, I'm generally posting about being queer and non-binary in the many spheres that I exist in, be it corporate, be it fitness, be it theater or film um I'm always I'm always talking about it because it's always a part of my identity and 
I love embracing it. Yes. And I, I would actually really encourage people to follow you, especially as like an educational tool. Like (laughs) you post really wonderful stuff and in all these different spheres that I, I think is, is so lovely because it allows these like windows into how non-binary works in different spheres, which I feel like sometimes people are like, wait, it's kind of, <laughs> it's like when you see your teacher outside of the classroom, it's the same thing of like, wait, there's like, it's it, non-binary people too. are everywhere. It's like, you yes. go to the grocery store. Yes, absolutely. But sometimes we get in that mind trap mm-hmm. um, of thinking that it's only like at pride parades. Um, it's not, it's not. We haven't had a pride parade in three or four years at this point. I know someday soon. Um, I mean, we'll see anyway. Oh no, it got canceled this year. I know. (laughs) I know. Uh, but maybe, maybe next year. Fingers crossed. We'll see what happens. Um, anyway, Okay, we end each episode with a cute, fun story. And Parker oh, yes. has brought one. Okay, so um, I have a younger sister who has two beautiful uh, sons. And uh, Theo is her oldest son. He's just about, he's a little over two. Um, my fiance's name is Royan. Um, however... Royan, for some reason, is a name that even adults have trouble saying out loud for some reason. So when my sister was filming him one day opening up his Christmas presents, uh, she was like, who is this from? Um, and he calls me Nonk P. So he was like, it's from Nonk P and Oreo. <laughs> so that stuck. I'm, I'm very Cajun. And something about Cajuns is that like, whenever you have a nickname, it sticks. Mm -hmm. Whether you like it or not, whether it even makes sense, that's what you are from there on out. (laughs) So now my fiance's name is Oreo. Um, Love it. And Oreo just sell, I'm, and to the point where even like whenever we like sign our, you know, birthday cards or anything like that, it's like Nonk Pete and Oreo. <laughs> um, but I almost said Oreo. Royan just uh, <laughs> celebrated his uh, birthday and my sister sent a video where Theo is singing happy birthday, but halfway through somehow switches to sing Happy Derf Day, dear Oreo. <laughs> and Royan was like, literally nothing will top this. Like, <laughs> it's so like, good. I was like, I was like, save that video forever. We sh- we literally went to dinner that night with all of our friends and played it for all of played the video for all of our friends. Royan sent it to his mom. It's the most adorable thing in the world. We're all obsessed. <laughs> great like that's a great video to like bring out when you need to pick me up like you know like when you are feeling down just watch that (laughs) yes absolutely that is adorable and from for the rest of the day because you know whenever 
whenever my sister sends videos of the kids, it's generally first thing in the morning before like they, their schedule gets crazy. So it's like something we wake up to. And for the rest of the day, we were like, happy Duraf day. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Parker, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh my God. Thank you. I'm so glad that our schedules and our stars finally aligned. They really did. It was <laughs> meant to be. Um, yes. Yes. Thank you for taking time to do this. I really, really appreciate it. Um, and thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. The Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Tyler. Artwork by Noni Blastodon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudios.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,